This is the Bird Hugger Podcast with Katherine Greenleaf, the podcast for people who love birds. Welcome to the Bird Hugger Podcast. I'm Katherine Greenleaf, and I'm so glad to be with you. I'm on board for a full 30 minutes of talking all things birds and restoring native habitat. What happens when a burnt-out college professor living in New England decides to become a wildlife rescuer and rehabilitator? Find out on Bird Hugger, the podcast for people who love birds. Join host Katherine Greenleaf, who has been rehabilitating injured wildlife for 20 years, and hear how you can turn your backyard into a native oasis for birds. Hello there, everybody. I hope all is going well with you. Yes, we are still in the Florida Everglades and loving every minute of it. The Everglades region is indeed a bird lover's paradise. So far, we have seen pelicans, black vultures, ibis, kingfishers, pileateds, cooper's hawks, anhingas, ospreys, bald eagles, great blue herons, egrets, great horned owls, black skimmers, oyster catchers, northern perulas, godwits, sandpipers, roseate spoonbills, and a whole lot of mockingbirds, the state bird of Florida. We are staying in a ramshackle fishing cabin set on stilts 12 feet above the ground. The storm surge here in the 10,000 Islands area after a hurricane is nine feet. That's a whole lot of water. Today, we'll be talking with a field biologist from the Audubon Society of the Western Everglades about the burrowing owls of Marco Island. Stay tuned, there's more to come. If you are enjoying this show and like what we do, please help us out by subscribing or following us on your favorite app to access our free show. That way you'll get notified of what's coming, you'll never miss a show, and it will help us in the ratings. And now I'd like to welcome Brittany Piersma to the show. Brittany is a field biologist with the Audubon Society of the Western Everglades. She is conducting important research on the burrowing owls of Marco Island. She is also helping to run the Owl Watch program on the island. Her findings are helping to shape conservation measures that will protect this fragile species, which is listed as threatened in Florida. And now I'd like to welcome Brittany Piersma to the show. Brittany, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. So could you please tell our listeners about the work that you do? Of course. My name is Brittany, and I work as the field biologist for Audubon Western Everglades. So we are a nonprofit organization, and we have three main conservation programs that are really aimed at protecting Southwest Florida's natural resources and increasing research on multitude of threatened species and other wildlife in our area. So these include our burrowing owl program. It's called Owl Watch. We mainly monitor owls in Collier County. So myself and about 70 volunteers monitor around 300 to 400 sites every single year in Collier County with owls at each of those sites. And then we do also have a starter burrow program. So we have about 100 starter burrows that we are also monitoring, which is the start of a burrow in someone's front yard that is willing to attract an owl to inhabit in their own front yard. Our second program is our gopher tortoise program. So we have been surveying gopher tortoise habitat for about two years now, mainly on Marco Island. 
and we have surveyed 230 properties and we are estimating so far that there's at least 1,250 gopher tortoises on the island, which is an incredible number. And then our last program is our shorebird stewardship program. And currently we're focused on education with migratory birds. So in our area, we have birds that come through and rest on our beaches. They're trying to rest and refuel after sometimes traveling thousands of miles. So we have a shorebird steward that educates the public while both her and I do separate surveys of the species in this area. We work very closely with other wildlife organizations. So we also work with the Conservancy of Southwest Florida because we're constantly rescuing injured and sick animals and bringing them there for treatment. That's wonderful. Sounds like you're doing some great work protecting wildlife. So from a personal standpoint, can you tell our listeners, what is it about the burrowing owl that you find interesting? I think in our area specifically, the burrowing owls are just extremely resilient. So they're naturally from a grassland area, and now they're adapting to living in an urban environment. And I personally have never seen any other species that is capable of adapting to living in front yards, near roadways, and still doing very well with successful reproduction every single year. Now, can you talk about the biology and behavior of the burrowing owl? Sure. So burrowing owls are one of the smallest owl species. They are threatened and protected in our state. They're pretty small. They're only about the height of a Coke can. They only weigh around six ounces. So they are a raptor. They're a bird of prey. They have pretty long legs. So although they do a lot of their hunting by flying really low to the ground, they also use their legs to run around and go after easier prey as well. They eat a variety of items from small insects to frogs to lizards to rodents, even other small birds. I personally have watched them capture a cardinal, which was pretty impressive. Now, they're awfully cute. They're really small. They're only about six ounces. So when you're looking at the size of your hand, when we capture them for banding purposes, they basically fit in the size of our hand with their long legs sticking out. Wow, that's tiny. Yes, very tiny. Right. And they're small but mighty. They've got powerful legs. Can you talk about how they build their burrows? Yes. So they are one of the only species in the world of birds that do burrow in the ground, but they are the only owl species that burrow in the ground. And that is primarily for nesting, but they also use it as protection as well. So during the nesting season, typically we believe that a male will be the first one to initiate digging a burrow on a property. And that that time he will have to call in a mate. So a lot of times, especially on the island, we will hear the male calling all night long, trying to draw on a mate to that burrow. They do also decorate the front of their burrows with a variety of different objects, uh, whether it be natural leaf litter or debris that they find. Sometimes they do find trash in areas of urban environments, but they also use things like feces. The feces is actually beneficial, we think, for a couple reasons. One being that it is basically concealing the scent of eggs or chicks below in the burrow. So we think it's used for protection. It also is drawing in food sources, so things like insects, and then what draws to those insects, other lizards and other invertebrates are going after those, so they get an easy food source being drawn right into the burrow. At the same time, it's also used as just a decoration, so that male is kind of establishing it as his territory. They do lay their eggs within that burrow, so they'll have a tunnel that goes about 6 to 10 feet in length, and at the end, they have a cavity that they'll bring in nesting material. And they can lay up to 12 eggs, but 
on average, we'd say it's around five to six is typically the average amount of eggs. And when hatched, those chicks take about six weeks to be able to fledge. So it's a pretty long time that those parents have to protect those really young chicks that are incapable of flying. Once they reach about five to six weeks old is when they start practicing flying. And at that time, they are going around learning how to hunt on their own. Now, where in Florida are they found primarily? In Florida, uh, we are actually lucky to be in one of the areas that has one of the largest populations. So Cape Coral is the first largest population of burrowing owls, and Marco Island, where I reside, is the second largest population. We do also have owls that are still inhabiting in grasslands, so there are some agriculture areas, there are still habitat in the center area of the state that they still reside in. The other coast near Miami, there are still burrowing owls in that area as well, but the dense populations are between Cape Coral and Marco Island. Now, are these birds migratory or do they stay in the same region year round? Our subspecies is not migratory. So we see these burrowing owls year round. During the off season, they tend to roam more. So they will have them going around different areas that they wouldn't be as much during the nesting season. They aren't committed to their burrows, but they definitely are a bit more territorial. We see owls that are seeming to come together during the off season. So it appears that although they're territorial when they're nesting, they kind of all congregate together during the off season, uh, whether that's assisting in hunting or whatnot, it benefits them in some kind of way. But the other subspecies of owls that are the Western barn owls actually do migrate. Now, you just said they dig tunnels that are eight to 10 feet deep in the ground. They must have very powerful legs. Very. It's always surprising to see what that they can dig through. We have a lot of different substrate in our area. Obviously, if they find an easy, suitable area that's soft sand, that's going to be their first choice. But we have seen them dig through small areas of rock, different harder substrates that they're able to manage. In our area of Marco Island, a lot of times what happens is when the land is disrupted for development, that's really what draws them in. Initially, these owls weren't on Marco Island. They were native to the grasslands and central Florida area. We believe that with increased development in that area, they lacked habitat. And when Marco Island was starting to be developed, all that sand was kind of uprooted and made a perfect habitat for them to be able to come in as that began. I believe in the 70s was the first time that the owls were spotted on Marco Island. There were only a couple pairs to start. Over time, it has increased. We have usually about 250 pairs now every single year in Collier County, which is an incredible number. Now, you mentioned that they decorate the outside of their burrows with bright and shiny objects. Why are they doing that? I would say it's more of a territory thing. And then additionally, when I mentioned that it's suitable for attracting in insects and food objects for them, and then concealing that scent of the eggs and chicks below. The individual objects themselves, we have seen owls that actually go to each other's burrows and steal decorations. So it is a little bit of a competition. Initially, it may be that the male is actually trying to draw in the female as well with specific decoration. They do clear that decoration entirely once the chicks are hatched and starting to move around. So maybe it's because they're trying to teach the chicks that they have to start hunting away from the burrow and not have easy prey coming straight to the burrow. 
maybe at that time, because the chicks are grown, they're trying to move them on and move them to a new burrow of their own. But in the meantime, it's always interesting to see the different decoration. We take a lot of photos and note the different objects that we find. Right. So they're quite the decorators. Yes, they are. So now let's talk about some of the challenges they face. I can imagine what we just did a show on Florida native gardening and 1,000 people move to Florida every single day. And I know Marco Island is a very popular spot. So these sandy, vacant lots that the burrowing owls seem to like, that must be a real problem. So the biggest education I can say is it's really important to realize that having burrowing owl burrows on a property does not prevent development. So you have to apply for the proper permits to remove those burrows prior to starting development, but they do not prevent development at all. You have to go through the process of scoping the burrow, having a hired agent through Florida Fish and Wildlife that ensures there's absolutely no nesting activity going on in that burrow, no eggs, no chicks, no flightless young. And at that time, when they are assured there's nothing going on, they're able to scope and excavate the burrow, remove it. And at that point, development can begin. In our area, we educate all the builders that as soon as that burrow is removed, the development has to start pretty quickly because the owls will try to return to the property. So we do have builders that ensure that they are working every single day. They may have to put gravel in certain areas to ensure that the owls can't return and dig. Through our program, our benefit of trying to help with the owl population is through our starter borough program. So we have a starter borough program that's linked with Florida Fish and Wildlife, the city of Marco Island, and ourselves, Audubon Western Everglades. And through this program, we provide homeowners the opportunity that live nearby to these sites that are being developed to attract the owls to their front yard. And so far, it has been extremely successful. Just recently, out of our 100 starter burrows, we have 30 that have owl activity at them. So there are benefits to those owners as well. When they do dig that burrow in the front yard, they get incentives. They get paid if they do attract owls that dig 18 inches down in that burrow. Additionally, of course, a lot of these homeowners are excited to have burrowing owls nest in their front yard. But at any time, they do not want that burrow in their front yard, or if a new homeowner buys that property and they do not want it in their front yard, we can go through the proper ways of FWC and I can properly remove it with no cost. So it's trying to create an incentive to homeowners in the area that the owls can still adapt and live in this area, but we want to make sure there's you know things put in place to help them out as well. So in other words, efforts are not being made to purchase these vacant lots to keep them. There's both things happening. There is the aspect of our starter bro program, which is definitely, in, we're hopeful, but it's not a guarantee. So these starter burrows are nearby. And in some cases, it may not be a guarantee that the owls choose that habitat. But there is also great conservation efforts going towards protecting habitat. On uh, Marco Island, we have a really unique upland habitat with both gopher tortoises and burrowing owls. And in some of these properties, the gopher tortoises that are a keystone species are providing burrows to all these other organisms and the burrowing owls benefit from that. So they have actually resided in some of their burrows and kicked the tortoises out during nesting season of those specific burrows. So some of these habitats have been not only bought up by some people that are actually passionate about conservation on the island, but specifically, we work really closely with Conservation Collier. And Conservation Collier has been spending a lot of time 
looking at the properties on Marco Island, and they actually offer the appraisal price to keep these properties as conservation. So such as a property on Marco Island that has over 100 gopher tortoise burrows, that would cost a lot to remove those burrows and build on it. So instead, it's giving these owners options to have the property remain as conservation, but get the benefit of selling it to Conservation Collier. So now the burrowing owl is listed as threatened in Florida. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And what about the gopher tortoise? So So they are both threatened species in our state. I see. So they're both helping each other. (laughs) Yeah, it's excellent to see that the gopher tortoises are just so unique. It's such an incredible species with such a history in our area. And so that's why we kind of involve both gopher tortoises in our program with the burrowing owls is they are working together in these areas, providing habitat in a sense for each other. But in our location specifically, they're both a species of need. You know, they're losing a lot of habitat in our state. So we're trying to find ways that we can not only work with starter burrows, but also encouraging people to put native plants within their own yard. There's some homeowners that have actually been willing to create gopher tortoise habitat in their front yards and attract tortoises nearby. So there's a lot of different things that citizens can do to help support these species. That is great. So tell me about their chick rearing. When does that actually take place? So nesting season in our area actually starts as early as November. Nesting is stated in our state that it starts about February. That still is the peak of most of our nesting begins in February, but on Marco Island, especially in these urban environments, we think that their food sources really drive them to nest earlier. They have a lot of what they need, especially with all the lights that attract frogs and insects and lizards to these homes. It gives them everything they need to start nesting earlier, which in our case, it's beneficial for them because then they're avoiding the rainy season. When we had the hurricane come through recently, all of the owls on Marco Island were actually done nesting. So it was beneficial to them to nest early because they avoid the flooding in those instances. Now, how many pairs or mated pairs of burrowing owls have you counted and recorded? We have about 200 to 250 burrowing owls currently pairs on Marco Island mainly. And then also within Collier County, we have a couple areas of neighborhoods that they also exist in. Over the next years, especially with increased development, it's really going to tell us how they are adapting, if they are adapting or if they end up moving elsewhere. So we put out a lot of different education through the media to try to have people alert us as to if they do spot these owls in different locations. Uh, It's possible that they may be leaving Marco Island and trying to find some inland habitat. It's also possible that owls that are inland that are losing their habitat are going to be roaming around. So in the coming future, we'll see if our starter burrow program is really going to sustain the population. Out of the chicks that do fledge, we only think about a third of them actually survive till adulthood. So it's not like if we fledge 400 chicks, they're all going to survive to the next year. But we're hopeful that we can at least provide a decent amount of habitat on the island, as well as keep in mind other areas within Naples that potentially have areas that they can burrow and nest in. Right. Now, when you say 250, you mean 250 mated pairs? 250 pairs. So depending on if they successfully reproduce, that's what our tracking is. So our volunteers go once a week to each site and they monitor if they do have chicks and if those chicks survive. So whether or not 
those pairs successfully produce chicks just depends on a variety of different factors. Obviously, they face a lot of threats in an urban environment from natural predators to also car strikes is really number one in our area. We're always educating people to please slow down, especially at night. These owls are out feeding at nighttime and it's extremely important. In our area of Marco Island, we're lucky that the speed limit is no higher than about 35 to 45 miles an hour. In most areas, it's only about 30. So slowing down and keeping your eyes on the road is really the the most important thing. But in those areas, we are just tracking how successful they are. And it's always possible that a pair will not have any chicks or or maybe they just didn't survive. So the most recent count was 250 pairs. How many youngsters? We had around, I'd have to check the exact number, but we had around 400 fledged um, chicks on the island, which is an incredible number. Right. That is incredible. And I think the other biggest education that we really are trying to increase in these areas is as they become closer to urban environments, one of the biggest threats we've had recently is rat poison. So rodenticide is very commonly used in houses, at condos, hotels. And that rat poison, of course, is not only affecting the rats, but anything that eats that rat after that. So we recently have had several burn owls, plus hawks, burn owls, other birds of prey that we suspected were dying of rat poison. We sent out samples recently and were able to get positive testings returned that they did find that in their livers, there were high values of the anticoagulant that's affecting them. So we're hoping that we can try to increase this education to the public that there are alternatives to use, such as good nature CO2 traps. Uh, You can use tied up snap traps. Please do not use glue traps because those are also extreme suffering to a variety of different organisms. But that's one of the biggest things that I am concerned about going forward as these owls are closer and closer to these urban environments. It's sadly ironic, isn't it, that owls are the best ratters and mousers you could find? Yes, they are what we need in our areas, along with other mammals, such as coyotes, bobcats. Let the predators do their work and limit the amount of toxins and and poisons that are in the area. I do have the actual chick count. If you'd like to correct that, I could give that for you. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. (laughs) Sure. Okay. So the last season, we had 524 chicks fledge on Marco Island. Wow. And we had several others fledge within Collier County. So 524, which is a pretty incredible number with all the threats that they've been facing. And that's 2022. 2022, correct. That's amazing. Wow, that is great. So now just getting back to rodents, which burrowing owls do eat. What else do they eat? I know you had mentioned it earlier, but is it lizards, frogs, and snakes as well? Correct. Yes, they eat a lot of different insects. I actually put a game camera at one burrow to track a pair that was raising four chicks. And over the night, they brought in about 50 cockroaches. They brought in four lizards and two frogs. So I found that when they're young, the cockroaches are the easiest thing, obviously, for them to catch which was beneficial to tell the public. Many people aren't fond of seeing cockroaches in their homes or in their front yard. So it's great that we have a species that we can encourage people is doing some excellent work at managing different populations. That is great. Are there other insects they eat? Do they eat caterpillars and crickets too? 
they definitely will go after any small species. So from crickets to worms to probably caterpillars as well. Um, I've yet to see that, but variety of different insects, dragonflies. But I think what's most incredible is when you see them go after smaller bird species, just the scale and looking at their size. A lot of people don't expect that they're able to go after pretty quick small birds as well as, of course, other rodents. They can capture rats that are a pretty large size. So there are problems that can come up for the burrowing owl. I would imagine a dog off leash would be a problem. Correct. Yes. In our areas, any pets that are not controlled can be a huge threat to them, especially these small little chicks that are burrowing these areas. So off leash dogs and outdoor cats. We really try to educate people to keep your cats inside unless you're capable of walking them on a leash. We've captured cats on game cameras looking into the burrowing all burrows. And obviously a small chick that can't fly is going to be an easy prey item for them. Is it safe to say if the nest holes are left undisturbed by problems like that, the mated pairs will return to the same location year after year? As long as they don't face a severe threat, they will return year after year. So these owls are going to be committed to their mate as long as that owl survives. We estimated from recent banding that in our area of urban environments, they're only living to be about five to six years old because of all the threats. So they will return year after year as long as it's suitable habitat and they don't have increased threats. Uh, If there are constant predators coming through the area or any kind of harassment to them, such as people that are just roaming into a property and constantly harassing them with their chicks, that could affect them. We know that people love seeing these owls. Photographers love coming and viewing them in our area, but we always ask to provide them space. Uh, I'm sure that they feel safe. They don't feel threatened. That way they can come year after year to those nesting locations. So as we wrap up for today, is there anything you could suggest to people in general to help the burrowing owl? In our area specifically, you could definitely, if you're interested in a starter burrow, that is the biggest way that you could help these owls by giving them habitat in your own front yard. So if anyone's interested, they can reach out to us at owlwatchmarco.gmail.com and we can install any starter burrow in a front yard to give them habitat. Obviously, the biggest thing that I'm really trying to stress is not using rat poison. It's one of the biggest threats to this species, and then driving slow at nighttime and ensuring that you're keeping your eyes on the road because these owls are flying super low. And a lot of times they're out hunting at night for their chicks. Right. If anyone is ever interested in volunteering, uh, you can always visit our website, uh, Audubon Western Everglades, because we have a lot of opportunities that the public may be intrigued by. I'd like to thank Brittany Piersma for joining us today. You can find out more about Brittany's work with burrowing owls and also find out how to help by going to the website of the Audubon of the Western Everglades at audubonwe.org. Join Americans everywhere in the one-third for the birds movement. Dedicate the back third of your yard to birds and other wildlife. Make this area a quiet zone with no leaf blowers or lawnmowers. Plants native trees and shrubs so birds have plenty of insects to eat. Create a safe haven for birds to nest and raise their young. You will be rewarded with many hours of bird watching fun. For more information on One Third for the Birds, go to the Bird Hugger page on Facebook.
And that's it for today's episode, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Have a great week and enjoy the birds. Bye for now. Bye for now.